0: This is the story of how I saved my own life and in the process helped others save theirs. I'm your host, CB Daddy. My interests include rhythm, perception, deliberate practice, principled negotiation, and self-discipline. I've lived, loved, and danced all over the world, consulting with many at the Fortune 200 on emerging technologies, cloud services, and the nature of what it means to become digital. In 2001, I was a first responder on September 11th. I helped to deploy fiber optic cables to restore communications when the towers went down. In 2002, I began to fall down too. I've been fully disabled since 2015, so in 2017, I started Zwischke Foundation, a 501c3 to fight caregiver burnout and compassion fatigue. Then we launched Daddyism Studios, a series of social clubs, salons, and shindigs all over the world for inquisitive types living in perilous times. We currently have locations in Spain, Scotland, Germany, and the United States. My current focus is Syzygy Sundays. Change is how the future becomes the present. Will you lend your strength to mine? Leaders set the tone of their organization. If they lack emotional intelligence, it could have more far-reaching consequences, resulting in lower employee engagement and a higher turnover rate. While you may excel at your job technically, if you can't communicate effectively with your team or collaborate with others, those technical skills will get overlooked. By mastering emotional intelligence, you can continue to advance your career and your organization. People don't discover sense. They create it. They need conversations with others to move towards some shared idea of what meanings are possible. As a leader, help people build a context that aids explanation. Solidify other identities such as sounding board, witness, source of resilience, information hub, storyteller, companion, caregiver, and historian. Listen to the words people are saying. Help them find other words that connect with human strengths rather than darkness and evil. Help them talk their way into resilience. Enable them to construct a larger story. Expand the range and variety of cues. Provide a transition between the superficial and the profound. Sense making is dynamic and requires continuous updating and reaccomplishment. Recovery is about plausible, working stories of what we face and what we can do. Stories that should be modified based upon new inputs, new opportunities, and new setbacks. Don't let the first plausible account be the last possible story. Help people get that first story, but then help them revise it, enrich it replace it. In inexplicable times, people have to keep moving. Recovery lies not in thinking then doing, but in thinking while doing and in thinking by doing. Help people keep moving and keep paying attention. When people are animated, their process, their actions are small experiments that help make sense of perilous times. Wise leaders protect that process and that truth. I'm your host, CB Daddy. There's a story that Suzuki Roshi told. He was the Zen master at the Zen Center here in San Francisco. He went to Yosemite and saw a big waterfall coming over a cliff. It's one river at the top of the cliff, but as it falls, the river breaks up into all these individual droplets, and then it hits the bottom of the cliff, and it's one river again. We're all one river till we hit that cliff. That distance between the top of the cliff and the bottom of the cliff is our life, and all the individual little droplets think they really are individual little droplets until they hit the bottom. then they're gone but that droplet doesn't lose anything it gains it gains the rest of the river i was sitting in my apartment visiting with a friend when i received a call from a social worker at denver health asking if i knew a john reyes no i don't think so i replied well how about john lopez she asked that rang a bell and i stopped for a second to think suddenly i flashed back to ian An acquaintance who stayed with me for six weeks in the winter of 2018-2019. Yes, I know him, I said. What's the matter? I thought you would want to know that Ian passed away this week. He was found in his bathroom, face down, not breathing. By the time paramedics were called, he hadn't breathed for over ten minutes, and he arrived at the hospital, brain dead. They called me because he put me down as his emergency contact at some point. It's serious, they said, and he's not going to recover. We need to ask you to find his family that was early sunday morning i got to denver health on monday with bad news the two family members we could locate wanted nothing to do with him his doctor pulled me into the conference room and explained the situation and then it became clear why i was there last year when i was doing my own end of life planning ian was staying in my apartment and we talked about our wishes so i agreed to stand proxy for him it might have been harder but I was just repeating what he said, not making decisions on his behalf. The next day I came back and sat with him for two hours, certain that his spirit wasn't anywhere near that hunk of meat that didn't resemble a human, much less the person I knew. A large group of doctors went through an extensive panel of tests and at the end of it they declared John Michael Ian Dalmonte Lopez to have died. His body succumbed to sepsis due to MRSA. He didn't die in vain, though. It turns out that in 2015, the HOPE Act established a national registry for HIV-positive patients to receive organs from HIV-positive donors. I don't know what magic was worked to render his organs viable, but on Thursday, his liver and right kidney saved two lives on the East Coast. The donor alliance had prepared me for the likelihood he wouldn't be able to donate, and they promised to do everything they could to make it work. As the staffer wrote me, quote, This is the first case that I have personally seen that was able to match recipients through the Hope Act. I did reach out to my administrator, and although I'm not able to provide exact numbers, he said it is a very rare occurrence, even nationally. In order for donation to proceed, there are very exact matches that must occur. The first thing that has to match is the intention. If you haven't thought about what you want done to help you leave this world, now is the time. Think about it. Say it out loud. Write it down. Talk about it with someone, because when the time comes, there's no time for talking. While it's important to understand and manage your own emotions, you also need to know how to read the room. Social awareness describes your ability to recognize others' emotions and the dynamics in play within your organization. Leaders who excel in social awareness practice empathy. They strive to understand their colleagues' feelings and perspectives, which enables them to communicate and collaborate more effectively with their peers. Global leadership development firm DDI ranks empathy as the number one leadership skill, reporting that leaders who master empathy perform more than 40% higher in coaching, engaging others, and decision-making. In a separate study by the Center for Creative Leadership, researchers found that managers who show more empathy towards the direct reports are viewed as better performers by their boss. By communicating with empathy, you can better support your team, all while improving your individual performance. Self-awareness is at the core of everything. It describes your ability to not only understand your strengths and your weaknesses, but to recognize your emotions and the effect that they have on you and your team's performance. According to research by organizational psychologist Tasha Yurek, 95% of people think they're self-aware, but only 10 to 15% actually are, and that can pose problems. Working with colleagues who aren't self-aware can cut a team's success in half and, according to Yurek's research, lead to increased stress and decreased motivation. In order to bring out the best in others you first need to bring out the best in yourself which is where self-awareness comes into play one easy way to assess your self-awareness is by completing 360 degree feedback in which you evaluate your performance then match it against the opinions of your boss your peers and your direct reports through this process you'll gain insights into your own behavior and discover how you're perceived in the organization he put you down as his emergency contact You should know he's in the MICU, and it's very serious. I knew John as Ian. I met him in Chicago in 2008, and things were going well for him. He'd reached out to me online a few times, and I wasn't interested in meeting up. The timing wasn't good, I was changing jobs, and I didn't use needle drugs. It didn't seem like a good fit, and I told him that. As he later told me, it was refreshing to meet somebody online who wasn't desperate or lonely. May I ask you something, he said a few months later, messaging me again out of the blue. Should I stay in Chicago? What is emotional intelligence? Emotional intelligence is defined as the ability to understand and manage your own emotions, as well as recognize and influence the emotions of those around you. The term was first coined in 1990 by researchers John Mayer and Pete Salovey, but was later popularized by the psychologist Daniel Goldman. More than a decade ago, Goldman highlighted the importance of emotional intelligence in leadership, telling the Harvard Business Review, quote, The most effective leaders are all alike in one crucial way. They all have a high degree of what is be known as emotional intelligence. It's not that IQ and technical skills are irrelevant. They do matter, but they're the entry-level requirements for executive positions. Over the years, emotional intelligence, also known as EQ, has evolved into a must-have skill. Research by EQ provider TalentSmart shows that emotional intelligence is the strongest predictor of performance. And hiring hiring managers have taken notice. 71% of employers surveyed by CareerBuilder say they value EQ over IQ, reporting that employees with high emotional intelligence are more likely to stay calm under pressure, resolve conflict effectively, and respond to coworkers with empathy. What if the key to innovation isn't starting something new? What if the real secret is stopping something old? Think about your life for a moment. That novel you want to write. The company you want to start, that cottage you want to build. You're a productivity juggernaut, a focused professional who can do the job of three people while simultaneously keeping yourself in the running for parent of the year. So if you're so good at making things happen, why can't you get to the unimportant stuff in your life? You know, the creative expression of your most essential work. The answer is obvious. You don't have the capacity, the time, the resources, or energy to do the new things because you're busy maintaining the old ones. Starting new things is easy. You just add an app or expand your workday a couple of hours, or live with the adrenaline-driven delusion that you're a superior person because you work harder and smarter than everyone else you know. Stopping things is hard. It's full of feelings of loss, disappointment, and failure. It takes more than creativity. It takes courage to stop what you've been doing to make room for the things you want to stop doing now. First experiences don't always go well, especially if approached haphazardly. For example, it's natural to hope that one's first full sexual experience will always be loving and pleasurable. However, for many people, that initiation can be awkward and uncomfortable, or even traumatic. Unfortunately, self-administered psychedelics can also have severely disturbing, long-lasting effects. A well-structured session makes it far more likely that a beginning entheogenic experience will be meaningful, healthy, and life-enhancing. During the experience of awakening to oneself, it's invaluable to be with somebody who supports you and who you feel you can trust. Guides know the terrain, can sense where you are, and will be able to advise or caution you as appropriate. Guiding someone on a psychedelic journey is sacred work. I am there to ensure that the session is maximally safe and beneficial, to increase the probability of the Voyager entering entering into transpersonal or transcendent states, to minimize difficulties, and to honor the trust placed in me by the Voyager. Over time, I have found it's not necessary to have a great deal of specialized information to be a superb guide. The essential prerequisites are compassion and intuition. However, in addition to these these qualities, it is valuable to have basic knowledge in certain areas, the range of possible effects, the basic principles of various spiritual traditions, and a sense of how and when to share useful ideas and concepts with the Voyager. My suggestions at the right moments may help the Voyager make a pivotal discovery or attain an important insight. Relationship management refers to your ability to influence, coach, and mentor others and resolve conflict effectively. Some prefer to avoid conflict, but it's important to properly address issues as they arise. Research shows that every unaddressed conflict can waste about eight hours of company time in gossip and other unproductive activities, putting a drain on resources and morale. If you want to keep your team happy, you need to have these tough conversations. In a recent survey by the Society for Human Resource Management, 72% of employees ranked respectful treatment all employees at all levels as their top factor in job satisfaction. Why is it so much harder to stop doing something than it is to start doing something? Because the devil you know is always better than the devil you don't. Don't believe me? Consider losing that weight you've been trying to shed for a decade. Instead of starting a rigorous exercise regime, try passing on some of your current routines. The Frappuccino at the Corner Cafe, the Beer with the Boys, or watching the game, sitting in your overstuffed lounger after the evening meal. Stopping something that is no longer useful, or superseded by something more greatly desired, frees up those assets. But nature does indeed abhor a vacuum. So what fills up those newly empty time slots, the spaces in our lives, can either be something comparable to what we have eliminated, more mindless task pursuit another meeting or any variety of administrivia, or something of a very different nature. What is required is the purposeful transformation of this newly freed up capacity, into something better and new. Self-management refers to the ability to manage your emotions, particularly in stressful situations, and maintain a positive outlook despite setbacks. Leaders who lack self-management tend to react and have a hard time keeping the impulses in check. A reaction tends to be automatic. The more in tune you are with your emotional intelligence, however, the easier you can make the transition from reaction to response. It's important to remember to breathe, pause, collect yourself, and do whatever it takes to manage those emotions. Whether that means taking a walk or calling a friend, so that you can more appropriately and intentionally respond to stress and adversity. Remember, no one calls in the first reactors. They call in the first responders. The Japanese government officially defines hikikomori as people who haven't left their homes or interacted with others for at least six months. But hikikomori can come in various forms. One person's condition can be so severe that they lack the energy to leave the sofa to go to the toilet. Another could suffer from obsessive-compulsive disorders so serious that they shower several times a day, or scrub the shower tiles for hours. A third hikikomori said they played video games all day as if it, tr- if it would tranquilize me. Kojokushi, or lonely death, refers to a Japanese phenomenon of people dying alone and remaining undiscovered for a long period of time. The phenomenon was first described in the 1980s has become an increasing problem in Japan, attributed to economic troubles and Japan's increasingly elderly population. It is also known as Kuritsushi and Dokyoshi. The first instance that became national news in Japan was in 2000, when the corpse of a 69-year-old man was discovered three years after his death. His monthly rent and utilities had been withdrawn automatically from his bank account, and only after his savings were depleted was the skeleton discovered at his home. The body had been consumed by maggots and beetles. Statistics regarding kodokushi are often incomplete or inaccurate. Japan's public broadcaster NHK reported that 32,000 elderly people nationwide died alone in 2009. The number of kodokushi tripled between 1983 and 1994. One private moving company in Osaka reported that 20% of their jobs, 300 per year, involved removing the belongings of people who had died lonely deaths. Kodokushi most affects men in the 50s and people over 65 years old. Several reasons for the increase in Kodokushi have been proposed. One reason is increased social isolation. A decreasing population of elderly Japanese people are living in multi-generational housing and are instead living alone. Elderly people who live alone are more likely to lack social contacts with family and neighbors and are therefore more likely to die alone and remain undiscovered. Economic reasons for kodokushi have also been proposed. Many incidents of kodokushi have involved people who were receiving welfare, who had few financial resources. Victims of kodokushi have been described as slipping through the cracks between governmental and familial support. Additionally, the economic slump in Japan since 1990 has been cited as contributing to the increase in lowly deaths. Since 1990, many Japanese businessmen have been forced into early retirement. Many of these men have never married and become socially isolated when removed from the corporate culture. Hypothesized psychological reasons for the increase in Kodokushi include social apathy and life stress. Social isolation is used as a coping mechanism to avoid stressful situations. And scholars have also analyzed how contemporary discourse constructs Kodokushi as a, quote, bad death and is evidence for the decay of traditional social bonds, such as family, neighborhood, and company ties, with government and community initiatives thereby pushing to implement new welfare systems, often suggesting to reactivate lost family and community bonds. When facing the unknown, we really only have one choice to make regarding our actions. Do we protect the core or scout the frontier? As any traveler knows, when the oxygen mask drops from the sky, put yours on first. We are blessed with abundance because we understand that to commit halfway means we give from our core, sapping ourselves of the strength that we need for ourselves and our loved ones to keep going. To achieve change, we must give of our overflow. No deposit, no return. Simple as that. When they tell the tales of today, how will you be known? When they sing the songs of tonight, what is the sound of your name? When your soul cries out as you say goodbye, What word is left ringing in my ears? Speak true, speak loud, speak strong, speak proud, and find your voice so that all those may know how much we loved you when you had to go. Ian had a litany of health challenges, a history of poor choices around substance use and could not hold a job to save his life. But he also spent upwards of 100 hours helping me refine my understanding of the homeless situation here in Denver, who the key players are, and introducing me to his network that helped immensely. So apparently it was my time to serve and witness. John was able to save the life of two others through the gift of organ donation. John donated his liver and right kidney. Attempts were made to have his left kidney placed, but the national list was exhausted. In six to eight weeks, I'll receive a letter with information regarding the recipients of John's gifts. We're raising funds to help bury Ian Delmont. If you could support us, please visit https: colon slash slash donate dot Z-W-I-S-K-I dot org. That's D O N A T E dot Z W I S K I dot O R G.